Star Wars 7x7 episode 805. Today we're giving you an update on Rogue One and episode 8. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue. And you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and as we get closer to Force Friday, or what is now being called Rogue Friday on September 30th, I just want to let you know that you can check out our Twitter account, SW7x7podcast, where we will be streaming live, or you can check it out on Periscope if you have the Periscope app. Just look for Star Wars 7 on there. We're SW7x7podcast tied in to our Twitter account there as well. And we will be broadcasting live from the midnight event at Toys R Us in Concord, New Hampshire, where they will have the new product on shelves, and we will go in and see what interesting things we can learn from the Rogue One products on the shelves, the packaging descriptions that they have, and all that fun stuff. So that's going to be a good old time. That is coming up two weeks from today, September 30th's episode, and it will be in the episode itself on that day, but you'll also get a lot more by joining us for the live stream. So make sure you mark your calendar to check that out. Now, as for the non-toy world of Rogue One news, Felicity Jones, who plays Jyn Erso in the movie, was just interviewed and said that she kind of based her character on Ellen Ripley. That would be Sigourney Weaver's character in Aliens that kicks so much butt across the galaxy, it's not even funny. And in addition to saying that the character has inspirations by Sigourney Weaver's character, she also talks about the rest of the Rebels in this interview and says, I think you'll love all the Rebels because they're flawed. They've all had histories, they've all had their own struggles, and I feel like people are really going to champion them and fall in love with them. Now, this, of course, is not exactly war movie language, but I like it all the same because we've got to have good characters, and ultimately it is all about the characters, isn't it? I mean, the story, yeah, you know, the story's got to make sense, the puzzle pieces have to fit together, but if we don't care about the people that are in the story, then, you know, what is the point? So this, I like to think, is a good sign. Oh, and to swing back to the toy thing momentarily, so one new tidbit of information about Rogue One seems to have been offered by the presence of a certain type of fighter in the Micro Machines announcement. So there's a thing about Micro Machines playsets, those are the very tiny versions of the starships and playsets and whatnot, and there's a Y-Wing fighter in with these things. So now everybody is talking about the possibility that Y-Wing fighters will show up in Rogue One. We haven't seen any of them yet. They were not anywhere in the battle scenes on Scarif that we saw. They weren't anywhere in the hangars on Yavin 4 and that sort of footage. Nothing like that so far, but you know, they did have Y-Wings in A New Hope, and this is supposed to take place pretty close to A New Hope, so it would be kind of surprising not to see Y-Wings. And there is also the matter of actually bombing the heck out of all-terrain armored cargo transports, which could probably be done more efficiently by Y-Wings than they would be by X-Wings. And in fact, there are two different examples where we've seen this in action within the new canon. The first is one of the demo shots from Star Wars Battlefront, where they have scenes on the Force of Endor, and the Rebels call in an airstrike on an Imperial Walker, and it's delivered by Y-Wings. Now, there's also another instance of it in Shattered Empire, and that is the four-issue comic series that takes place right during and immediately after the Battle of Endor. 
and there is a scene on a planet where Y-Wing fighters are brought in to do a bombing run on a bunch of Imperial walkers. And so, yeah, I would say it's kind of a good sign that Y-Wings will probably appear in Rogue One, even though we haven't seen them yet. You know, I think that's something to keep an eye out for. And then, of course, there is the big announcement from The Hollywood Reporter that Alexander Desplat will not, in fact, be conducting the score for Rogue One after all. It will be in the hands of Michael Giacono. And if you're not familiar with him, well, he is a frequent collaborator with J.J. Abrams. He did all the music for the TV show Lost. He did the music for the new Star Trek movie reboots. And, yeah, he's sort of being seen as a potential replacement for John Williams, or at least this is what's being talked about, bandied about now, rumor-wise. Um, I don't think you can ever replace John Williams, even when he decides to lay down his baton for good. Yeah, there's no replacing the guy, and somebody, I guess, is going to step up, and I don't think he's necessarily John Williams' heir apparent. There was somebody else who actually conducted the orchestra for the opening of The Force Awakens and the title crawl, and of course now I can't think of who that person's name is, so you're going to have to hang with me a second while I look that up. Okay, here it is. Gustavo Dudamel, right? You didn't think that was going to be the name, did you? Gustavo Dudamel. <laughs> anyway, so I would say that if you're looking for an heir apparent, you're probably looking in that direction and not Michael's direction. Nothing against Michael, per se. Don't get me wrong. But ultimately, I guess what I'm saying is I don't think we're at the stage of baton passing just yet. John Williams is going to do Episode 8, and let's see how Michael gets on with Rogue One. Hopefully he will do spectacularly well. He's got the chops. He's got fun stuff. He actually titles his tracks in a very amusing manner as well, generally speaking. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with the Rogue One soundtrack. All right, let's talk about Episode 8 stuff, shall we? There are two particular tidbits of information that have cropped up thanks to interviews with various actors, specifically Lupita Nyong'o and Adam Driver. So Lupita says that she has not filmed her scenes with Ryan Johnson yet for Episode 8, which is rather a remarkable thing to consider, especially when you recall that Ryan Johnson posted a photo on either his Instagram or Twitter or Tumblr, I honestly don't remember where it was, but I do remember that it was sort of a pre-production photo, like it was a visualization thing where they had somebody on you know, a stage and they were looking at Maz Kanata on a couple of giant screens and monitors. So it gave you the idea that they were already working with Maz Kanata, but apparently it turns out that they were doing possibly some visualization work or some other creative tech wizardry stuff and that they hadn't brought Lupita in just yet to do it. So that, I thought, was kind of interesting. And, I mean, production filming is done. She says that filming for her, like she hasn't worked with Ryan, that's in her future. I don't know what this means. Does this mean that she is just slated for the reshoots? Maybe her schedule didn't allow her to be with the regular production? I don't know. Or, as some people are saying, maybe she's barely in episode 8 at all. It's kind of a tantalizing rumor, I gotta say. And then the Collider website interviewed Adam Driver, and there are a few questions, of course, because he's promoting another movie, and they just, you know, they can't lay off Star Wars. Not just Collider, anyone, anyone. If you're in Star Wars, you're going to get asked by Star Wars. It doesn't matter what other movie you're working on. Anyway, so they asked Adam how the script for Episode Eight is, and Adam Driver says it's great. It's similar to how The Empire Strikes Back has a different tone. For that, people always go, ooh, it's dark, but I don't know that it necessarily is. It's just different in tone in a way that I think is great and necessary, but also very clear. He trusts 
His audience is ready for nuance and ambiguity. He's not dumbing anything down for someone, and that's really fun to play. Now, it's not like you would expect Adam Driver to say anything negative about the script or anything like that. I mean, I'm sure he absolutely knows better. <laughs> Even if it was a bad script, he wouldn't say anything about it. But that being said, this is the kind of answer that we're hoping to hear from anyone about the Episode Eight script. It's not just positive, but generic. Like, it's actually glowingly positive. It's specifically positive, which I think is really a good thing. And I'm not familiar tremendously with Ryan Johnson's work overall, but I am familiar with Looper, which was one of his more recent movies, and that is a heck of a movie, I gotta say. If you have not seen that before, I highly recommend it. It is really something else. It's a different take on a time travel movie that will really twist your brain in a knot. And Driver has more to say, too, about working with Ryan Johnson. He says that Ryan is coming into something that we kind of set up, we meaning everybody who worked on The Force Awakens, and he just took it to the next level in a really great way. He wrote it too, and Ryan's writing is so clear. I learned a lot of things about my character through his writing. Some things we talked about before and some things we didn't. He was working on the script while we were still working on the first one, as in Ryan was still working on the script for Episode 8 while Adam and company were filming The Force Awakens. And let's see, he says... To understand what J.J. was doing and take ownership from there is kind of a remarkable thing, and he's the most polite, unassuming guy, and he was appropriately territorial about some things, but would still be the first to admit when something's not working. A lot of times you need to rise to understand what the script is, and perhaps I'm beginning to be unclear, but he's a great person to work with, and he later on talks about trying to act in order to tell the best version of the story that Ryan came up with. Then whatever it means and whatever meaning people attach to it, by that point, it's not my responsibility. He's just doing his job, reading the script, being prepared, and being generous to the other people that he's acting with. So there you go. A bit about what it's like to work with Ryan and about what his process is in going into the character. It's funny to think of hearing an actor saying, you know, being generous with the other actors and the actors playing a villain. But of course, he's probably not talking about that kind of generosity. Anyway, that is what we've got for you for Rogue One and Episode 8, but we're not totally done just yet. I've got a trivia question for you, which will come up after the break. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles. Anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com SW7X7. All right, I'm back, and I've got your trivia question for you. You might need this. Last time we asked you to name the planet in The Force Awakens with a system of rings around it, and that's Dakar, D-apostrophe-Q-A-R. Today's question, how many of Ankar Plutt's thugs attack Rey to try and steal BB-8 from her? Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go out into an asteroid cave, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com SW7x7. It doesn't feel like rock, it's destiny unleashed. 
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars. Unless we hope you love it.